Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello and welcome to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave, here on a beautiful day in Santa Clara, California. I'm a junior at Santa Clara University studying management information systems, and I'm happy to bring you this interview today with Pauline Loxen Cantor. Pauline is a faculty in the theater and dance department at Santa Clara, and she has had a prolific career up to that point. She studied musical theater at the United States International University School of Performing and Visual Arts. And then soon after that, as we touch on in this conversation, she went out to see dancing for the Norwegian Cruise Lines. In New York City, she has danced in several seasons of Radio City Musical's Christmas Spectacular, starring the Rockettes, and several other national tours. She was also on ABC's One Life to Live and has appeared in a lot of corporate industrials for companies like Nike, State Farm, Allstate, and Kohl's. Pauline has also worked extensively with Disney, and she was a dancer, choreographer, and instructor for the Walt Disney World program Magic Music Days. And she also, as we start this conversation talking about, she was the video reference model for Mulan in the movie Mulan. So I had to know, what was it like to be Mulan? At Santa Clara, Pauline directs Images, which is an annual production, as well as other performances, and she works some at Bellarmine College Prep as well. Pauline has some awesome stories, and I'm excited for you to hear them. So without any further ado, here's the conversation. Well, I'm excited to be here today with Pauline Loxon Cancer, and (laughs) I would love to start out in kind of the middle of the story with something I'm just so curious about that I can't wait to ask about, and that's with your involvement with the Mulan uh, movie. So what was your role and what was that experience like? So my role was Mulan. I was uh, the video reference model for her, and back in the day, they used to actually sketch the characters and um, they would put the drawings in these cells and and then they were drawn you know multiple cells and then they would create the animation i don't know exactly how it was but that's what i was told um and now everything is obviously digital um so i was working and i was dancing at walt disney world at the time and i was uh the time the time that i heard about the audition i was interviewing with a talent agency i was looking to be represented by multiple agencies because the one that i was exclusive with uh, who then said no it's okay you can go ahead and open up yourself up to other agencies to you know get more work outside of what you're already doing um, i was interviewing with this agency and um with uh, I can't remember their name. Anyway, I, she comes in, one of the agents comes in, and as I'm meeting with another agency agent, and she says, I have the perfect audition for you. I said, oh, wow, what is it? And she says, it's Disney's creating a new animation here on property, and um, I think you would be perfect fit for it. And I said, okay, that sounds great. However, I have to check in with my first agent 
because although I'm not exclusive to them, I want to give them the priority, um, the priority booking. So um, it turns out that I went home and checked my answering machine. <laughs> Back in the day, that's what we had. We're just the answering machines. And uh, sure enough, they had sent me uh, a message saying, okay, we have an audition for you. This is your, your audition time. You'll see so-and-so gave me all the details. So Anyway, I show up to the audition, and um, the audition consisted of me performing more martial arts tricks and basically, you know, acting as if I were a tomboy, and uh, which wasn't too far off for me. I grew up with seven brothers, um, many close to my age, so it was easy. I've been, you know, we've horsed around a lot and, you know, wrestled and all this good stuff, um, so that wasn't very hard for me to do. So uh, it was interesting. They set up the video camera and um, put me on a platform and they said, okay, go. And I jumped around and I pretended I've never taken a martial arts class in my life. <laughs> and I just did what I thought they wanted me to do. And um, the guy behind the camera said, that was great. I will send this clip to uh, Walt Disney Animation. And if you hear from us, great. If not, then thank you for coming in. About a week later, the agency calls me. I get the call back, and um, they have me do the same thing. Um, this time, they've added the reflection song, which Leia Salonga sang, um, and I think it was what is her Christina Aguilera made it very popular. And so they had me sing slash lip sync the song, and um, they said, "Okay, you know, after that, great, that was wonderful. We are now going to send this to the head animator, who will be." working on Mulan. Um, he had also done all of the female roles of all of the previous animations. So uh, they invited me to the final callback. The final callback was acting and they put me on camera and um, I had to sing the reflection song and then do a couple scenes. And then I ended up getting the role. Mm -hmm. So it was about a year and a half project that they um, did all of the work in Orlando at the Walt Disney World. And um, although the project was about a year and a half, I only worked on it about a month and a half total. So it was still, to me, an honor. It was great money. It was a lot of fun meeting these people and just understanding how it all worked. Um, before, th this was actually before... Uh, they started developing games like uh, like uh, Just Dance, you know, and they, they used to, when creating those types of games, they would um, attach wires mm -hmm. to bodies and then, you know, record, you know, the, the real movement. And so that was similar to what they were doing with us, except without the wires, they would record all of my movement mm -hmm. and then, you know, review it and draw everything from my steps to from you know the first moment that I put my heel down all the way through you know my toes touching on the floor so it was really really in depth and um yeah just a lot of fun yeah, yeah. what did you learn from working on such a major production I guess or what was that I'm just trying to imagine like what it would be you like. know it was it was a lot of things I remember going in and just you know kind of being overwhelmed with the entire process. Um, and while, although I was, you know, playing the Mulan role, it was still, I was still just a small component to the actual production. When, uh, after watching the, 
the movie, I would sit there and I'd wait for my name to roll through the credits. And it, honestly, as a video reference model, I wasn't her voice. I wasn't her singing voice. I was her video reference model. So I did all of her movement. Um, so just to wait and see when my name would pop up made me realize that, gosh, there are so many, so many people that are, are involved in this production. So um, even though it was a big deal and it was important for me to be a part of it, I was really just a small part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of zoom outward and rewind a little bit, was there a point in your life at which you knew you wanted to dedicate your career to dance? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, um, I was probably a senior in high school mm -hmm. uh, when I realized that, you know, this is something that I would love to continue doing. I didn't know if I was going to do it forever, um, which it has turned into forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I had an interesting support system. My my parents weren't really supportive of the idea. Uh, they thought I, you know, did well academically that I should go on to do something like be a doctor, you know. And uh, so when I told them that I had auditioned for a performing arts school, and I was going because I received a nice scholarship, um, they weren't really supportive. Um, but with that said they still attended all of my performances and were still very proud of the work that I was doing. Um, but they were, I think, a little bit hopeful, more hopeful that I would choose a different career path. And it was also culturally, you know, this is not something that, you know, their young Pacific Islander daughter should go out there and do, you know, dancing around in, you know, costumes that, you know, maybe are just a little bit shorter than their, you know, than street clothing. So, um, so, but after a while, they they got it and were you know definitely more surprised, uh, more um, supportive. Mm -hmm. But yes, it it was probably my senior year in high school that I decided to do this. My my biggest supporter was honestly my sister's husband. Mm -hmm. um, his brother was in the industry, and um, so he went to um, a lot of Tony's you know performances, and he, he who was Tony was maybe five five or six years older than I, and so he'd come back and say you know. I was just at such and such performance. You're better than a lot of those people up there. And they're actually making a living at it. Mm -hmm. You could easily do this mm -hmm. if you wanted to. So he was my cheerleader and, and, um, and I just went for it. I said, what have I got to lose? Mm -hmm. So, and I honestly, I wasn't the best dancer out there. I just wanted to keep trying. I wanted to keep learning. And, um, and I think my, my skin was pretty thick. I could, mm -hmm. I could handle, um, the nose, and there were quite a few no's, um, but um, but I still kept going. When a good friend of mine uh, early on in my Disney days said to me, you know, don't worry about not getting an audition because there's always going to be enough work for everybody. Hmm. And um, back then we didn't have um, the amount of dance work that there is today, but you know, he assured me, if you're good enough and you stick it out, there's going to be enough work and you'll get the work that you're supposed to get. Mm. So it may not be, you know, a certain show that you want on Broadway. It may be something else. So um, just be open to the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And then you're going through the performing 
arts school and what are you thinking about for after graduation? I'm thinking, I can't sing as well as these people. What am I going to (laughs) do? I have to focus on just dance work. So that's what I did. I basically just dance. And then along the way, I'd take the voice lessons and and then gently dip my toes into those dancer-singer auditions. And then I finally had to get over myself and just make it happen. Hmm. So um, so I did. I was, um, you know, I, I didn't get any... I understudied a lead in a national tour, uh, but I never had to go on for her, which I'm glad because <laughs> I think at the time I wasn't emotionally prepared for it. Um, but I will say to, you know, a- as a dancer growing up in the dance studio and, and even um, studying at school, I, I was supported mainly as a dancer because that's where everybody, all of my instructors saw my strength. So um, I wasn't encouraged to, you know, open up the door a little bit wider to the possibilities of singing Mm. in addition to that. So nowadays you have to be a triple threat. Mm. You have to be able to sing proficiently as you do dance, as you do act. So I I tell all these dancers, you know, do it now before you get into the real world. And, um, you know, taking your lessons um, with your instructors, you know, this is a safe place to do it. You're not going to be shunned. We're here to encourage you. We're here to help you. We're here to get you to a place where you can confidently go out there and and give it a shot. Hmm. So, Yeah. And then I, I read that you worked for the Norwegian Cruise, Norwegian Cruise Lines, lines yes. yeah, after the performing arts school. So what was that experience like being on cruise? That was, that was amazing. Um, I, uh, okay, so there are a couple times, two times that I have lied in my life. Um, The first time I lied to my mom about riding my friend's horse when I should have been working on a project when I was in fourth grade. And the second time was on a resume. And back then, um, you list your stuff. As a matter of fact, I have... um, having my class put resumes together. I don't do this with them, but back in the day, you used to have to include your weight. Mm. And so I knew what the standard weight was. Mm. And um, and I knew being in college, I was eating a lot. <laughs> uh, so I lied about 10 pounds. I put myself 10 pounds lighter. So they offered me the job. So I went to this call um, in San Diego and there were probably a couple hundred girls and um, got to, they kept cutting, you know, cut a hundred girls, cut 50 girls, cut 25 girls, you know, cut 15 girls down to the final 10, cut five girls. And so I made it to that last group a couple days, maybe a, a couple days, or maybe it was a week later, they called and said, um, we'd like to offer you a position um, with us. We have um, four ships that are going out in the Caribbean that starts on such and such date. And, um, you know, we thought, you know, gave me all the, um, all the particulars and then they said one more thing we do need you to lose about 10 pounds before you arrive and i had two weeks to drop 10 pounds i had no idea how to drop 10 pounds in two weeks so i did my best i cut back on the extra cookies that i was eating and the chips and all that stuff that he, that i love to snack on um and i got there and they weighed me in and so that i think was the worst part about dancing and being hired for a job because i they cast me for what they saw but on paper i had to look a certain way um i had to read a certain way so um 
so I got over it. Um, every week they would weigh us in at the end of a show. And I honestly, because I had lied about my weight being 10 pounds lighter, I finally got to um, what I should have been, <laughs> which was what was on my resume. Uh, but I still didn't get to what they what they wanted. Anyway, um, that was the only bad thing about working on that ship. The rest of it was amazing. I was on a cruise ship. I was in the Caribbean. I got to dance a few times a week. You know, I was hanging out by the pool. I got to, you know, uh, uh, work with the the the, uh, the passengers. I'd call bingo. I'd, you know, do the shuffleboard games with them, play ping pong. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. So um, I highly recommend it to any dancer <laughs> that needs a vacation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. And then what, what happened next after your time? So... After that, then then I started working. I um, one of the guys that was in my cast uh, after that contract, I came back to California and I worked on some theater. And then I started teaching a dance studio, uh, the studio that I grew up in. And he ended up booking a job at Walt Disney World. Hmm. So that's when I went to Disney. Hmm. So um, he told me, he says, you know, the the park that I'm at is totally up your alley. You need to audition for these guys when when uh, you can. So I went to two Disney auditions um, during that time from leaving the contract to getting hired for Disney. Uh, the first audition was in Los Angeles. And uh, I just went to a Disney call. I didn't really realize that it was for Disney Tokyo. Hmm. Um, I thought it was just for Disney. And, and um, so I went to the call and there were several hundred girls there and I made it down to the last five girls and there was myself and four other gals that were about five, seven, long hair, Caucasian, blue eyed, beautiful. And then um, at the very end, they said to me, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time. And that was it. And mm -hmm. they kept the other four and I stood there. And oh, my gosh, what? What, what was I auditioning for? And as I was walking out the door, there was a, a young man that was watching the last part of the audition. And he says to me, do you realize what you're auditioning for? And I said, I was auditioning for Disney. It could have been any of the parks, right? And he says, no, you're auditioning for Disney Tokyo. They're over there. They would like, they want to see, um, their dancers are like celebrities and they want them to look as all American as possible. So you're too much of, of their type. So they're not going to hire you. So you would be hireable in, um, in the States. So they asked me, um, I got home maybe about a week later, I got a phone call from Walt Disney world and they, uh, asked me to come back to audition for uh, one of their shows in San Francisco. So I was living in the Bay area at the time. So I did, I auditioned and they hired me on the spot. And they said, we have a contract for you. You can have it tomorrow if you'd like. And this was, I think it was the end of March. I was already committed to teaching at a school. And I said, well, my last day there is June 28th. I can fly out on the 29th. And they said, great, it's yours. Hmm. So then I came to Florida for a few years. Hmm. Yeah. 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 You brought, you brought up a couple times, I guess, issues with dance being so visual, right? Both in how someone looks and the potential mm -hmm. to stereotype someone mm -hmm. there and also like uh, body weight. But at the same at the same time, dance is like a very a very visual medium and you can tell stories through that, right? So I don't know, like how do you it, it's almost like the visual nature of dance is both a 
both a positive and a, a downfall. You know, so I guess how do you how do you think about those issues as like dance moves forward? I guess or in in your own dances when you're trying to tell stories, like how do you how do you do? Well, that? in terms of um, a dancer's physique, it. It's, it is a downfall that most people will perceive a dancer to be, they have to be physically fit. Um, if I see that a dancer is maybe, um, ha- has a larger bone structure than somebody who has a quote unquote, a dancer's body, um, I just encourage them to choose healthy habits. Stay healthy. Um, you know, every dancer needs to cross train. So not only are you taking, um, you know, taking your technique classes, but you should also cross train to keep the the rest of your body nice and healthy to support the muscles that you need for dance. Um, healthy habits, you know, your nutrition is really important. And I really believe that there's, again, work for everybody. So you don't always have to have the dancer body. Um, I, I have seen shows on TV and on Broadway where they cast real people and real people, you know, are people of different sizes. And as long as, you know, they move well, as long as, you know, they have experience and they are hireable, then, you know, there, there is an opportunity for a dancer of any type to tell their story. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess the second part there is that now that you're in more of, I guess, um, overseeing like roles, how, how do you think about telling stories visually like for example in in images or something right where there might not be any might not be any dialogue or or um song but it's just the music and the the backdrop and then Mm -hmm. ultimately the the dancers movement so like how do you tell a story through those elements that's that's interesting because my my choreography tends to be a little bit more commercial Hmm. and um and it's more of a you know celebration at the end um and I, but I am currently working on a piece where I have, to, where I will be telling a story. So I'm going to be using elements um, of like projections, and um, and of course we're very fortunate to have you know that aspect uh, to use in the theater. Uh, also the lighting, um, song choices, of course, are very um, important. Um, I use a lot of uh, current music that uh, you know the audience is very familiar with they may hear the lyrics in the back of their mind and and it's also as they're hearing it could be an opportunity for them to create their own picture of what the meaning of the piece is Um, but it's also the costumes have an effect on it you know um, the style of the dance how how the dancer uh, how the choreographer sets the piece you know with movement Um, you could tell stories that way makes any sense Mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so we you know we're we're very fortunate to have all the the different elements that can help enhance our work Mm -hmm. what have been what's maybe one like memorable um time that you've been at at santa clara or one project or piece that has that kind of stands out in your mind um you know it could be my this last project that i worked on so when I was uh, dancing in New York, I worked closely with a choreographer named Tony Stevens. Uh, Tony uh, was actually Bob Fosse, Bob Fosse's assistant. Um, he was on, on uh, Bob Fosse's assistant in the original production of Chicago. And the way it went was um, Bob Fosse had hired his wife, uh, Gwen Verdon, and Cheetah Rivera to play the roles of Roxy and Velma. Um, Velma was um, Cheetah's role. And... Cheetah had, uh, while she was working on Chicago, she was also uh, performing in her own cabaret act. 
which Tony had choreographed for her. So Bob went to go see her perform and really liked his choreography and, and you know, how he enhanced her true movement. And so um, he hired Tony on board. So fast forward 20, 30 years, I'm in an audition, which Tony Stevens is choreographing and directing, and I get cast. And um, after that one job, I was cast quite a bit. Um, anyway, when you work with a choreographer, you also, when you have the time, you take their classes because they often teach as well. So I learned a lot of um, the Fosse nuances. And and so my piece this year was Fosse inspired. And um, I think for the audience, it's, well, for the students too, to understand the movement, um, but for the audience to, um, maybe see that could have been their first Fosse piece that they had ever seen. Um, so uh, all of his, his vocabulary is very particular. And so I think being able to share that, that's, that's part of our dance history. Um, that's, you know, it's just really important to do so. So I try to include because it, of the influence that he had on, um, on the musical theater, um, the musical theater styles, I incorporate his teachings into what the students will learn in the styles class mm. every every other year in musical theater styles dance. Yeah, yeah. How does how does this stage of your career when you're doing more choreography, how does that compare to actually being out there and dancing? Like do you do you enjoy one or the other mm, more do you think? You know, I used to love to perform. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. And that's all I wanted to do. Um, I don't know if I would perform again. Mm -hmm. the, the the few times that since I had stopped performing full time was back in 2004. Mm -hmm. That's when we moved to California. So I was still up in New York up until then. Um, I get really nervous now. Mm -hmm. So I am really happy to be on the other end and choreographing and um, setting pieces on dancers and encouraging them to go out there and, you know, so they can have that experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, so one or the other, I think, you know, it's in phases for me, mm -hmm. you know, my younger days were about the performing and, and now my days are about giving back. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's it like being in the audience when maybe it's the first night of a, show you've been working on for months and you're 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 there watching and you can't control any of it anymore are you are you nervous or what do you what, what do you feel then well yes partially nervous um very excited and hopeful mm -hmm. <laughs> uh be, because you know you know the piece inside out so you know uh, the potential um obstacles that may come about um so i think just um the hardest thing I think is honestly to just bless and release it hmm. and to just let it go. And whatever happens is going to happen. Hmm. Um, but you know, I definitely put good vibes out there for the kids to just go out there and have fun and do their best. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, is there something about dance more, more generally that, that, that like speaks to you or that, that led you to be so passionate about it? I don't know, as, as compared to maybe other forms of like art or, like there are so many, there's so many careers out there. Not many people like consider dance, you know? So like, I don't know, is there, is there something about the art of dancing that has really just kind of like stuck with you? I don't know. Um, it, yes, it, it is the art of dancing. It's, it's the art of connection. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the first shows that I had seen, uh, it was actually a Disney show and I was, um, I was at Disneyland 
And I remember at the end of the show, everybody's clapping and I'm bawling. Mm -hmm. And my sister looked at me and she goes, what is wrong with you? And I said, that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And at that moment, yes, that was that was the you know nail in the coffin that mm -hmm. I was going to do this. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have that impact mm -hmm. on people. Um, so getting a little teary, I think about it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so so that was it. That that was my deciding factor. If they could have that effect on me, then I would like to do the same. Yeah, that. Well, what do you mean by the art of connection? The art of connection when when um, an audience can uh, feel something beyond what they're seeing. Hmm. So I saw if I could break down their dance steps, I saw kicks and turns and you know transition steps, but I saw the passion and love hmm. behind it. So anybody can do a kick or a turn if you're given the information right, but not everybody can actually feel it and let you feel it with them. Hmm. So, yeah, awesome. and I think um, dance, you know, through movement and, and music and acting through dialogue, you know, and song through lyrics, they all, you know, they all have their way of really, you know, touching, you know, anybody, whether you're another artist or whether you're an artist at heart or whether you're just a normal person <laughs> who has, you know, uh, uh, not like, not like I'm abnormal, but, um, but just, you know, something, a, a job that's a little bit more ex um, expected in our society. Yeah. Well, I'd love to wrap up with a couple of shorter questions. Okay. So yeah, first of all, are there any favorite locations that you've traveled to? Um, Hawaii is definitely uh -huh. my number one. There, there's something about the peace of being on the islands and mm. that um, that I find so incredibly soothing. Um, and I think um, the timing of when I had gone to Hawaii, this recent trip, uh, it, it was a time where I really needed that. So, um, so yeah, I just love the peacefulness of, of not being in control of, of where I was. You know, you're on an island and anything can happen. So you just have to go with it. Mm. So um, Hawaii... Uh, Lihui is, um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, that's my favorite place. And um, the other place is New York. I love the accessibility of New York City. If I could spend a month there and just take dance classes and see Broadway shows and eat at nice restaurants and visit with friends, I would do it. Hmm. Yeah. If you had a class of first year dance students at Santa Clara, what piece of advice would you want to give them for navigating their college experience? For here, mm -hmm. take as many dance classes as you can. Um, mm -hmm. Do it for the love of it and, um, and just keep going. You never know where it'll take you. Mm -hmm. And if you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? I would say to listen, listen to music and feel what it does to you and then let your body follow. And finally, what does an ideal Saturday look like for you? Uh, my ideal Saturday would be a couple cups of coffee. <laughs> um, gosh, I have two ideal Saturdays. I have a couple kids who are amazing. My daughter dances and my son plays baseball. So um, being able to just be there in the audience to root them on is like the perfect Saturday for me. Mm -hmm. So um, there are times where I could do both, where Mia will dance in the morning and Max will have baseball games in the afternoon. So that's ideal. Uh, that would be ideal. But um, yeah, 
just to be, I just want to be the biggest cheerleader for my kids and for my students or anybody that, you know, wants to be moved by dance. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this interview. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can go to VoicesOfSantaClara.com to read a partial transcript of this episode, follow on Twitter at VoicesOfSCU, or leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. I'll see you next time.